My hopes and expectations are that, above all and to the end, Sharia will work together as one with Christian Demuro. The real battle is not with the others so much as it is with himself. Without a doubt, he is better than last year in mind, spirit and body. I expect him to give it his all and I think an all-out performance is going to get us the result we want. Please lend us your support. They are the words of Hideaki Fujiwara, trainer of Sharia, the top-rated horse going into the Japan Cup and the top-rated horse running anywhere in the world this weekend. Thoughts? Bit of James Cummings about it. it does have a bit of James. I don't know what hat he was wearing. But they are beautiful words and I expect him to give his all. And Hideaki, you can count on my support. I'm with you. Team Sharia? I'm not actually. <laughs> Having said all of that, he, he probably he he's joined by Ernesto at the top of the ratings for the Japan Cup, which is a fantastic race on Sunday, one of the world's best races. I would say it's part of the probably the big four, the grand slam of mile and a half racing worldwide, along with the Ark, the King George, and probably the, the Shima Classic rounds out the four, Hong Kong and the Breeders' Cup. Fringes? On the fringes, but the you know, 10-year rating values will tell you they're a bit behind those other four and the Shima is potentially lucky to be there. The Japan Cup's big claim to fame. It hasn't taken quite as much winning. It's world class, but not quite as much winning as the King George and the Ark in the last dozen years or so, but it's harder to run third. More depth. That makes sense, yeah. It's fiercely contested. Although this year, not so much. No Equinox, no title holder, and they would be the two best horses in Japan at the moment, if not Euphoria, who's off the scene, so... It is a little light on for, for top-end talent, and hence Sharia heads it up. I say you were worried a couple of weeks ago the Japan Cup has fallen away. Has it fallen away as much as you expected, or has it bounced back a little bit? Oh, it's pretty much the race that it was looking looking like being. I suppose the, the international contingent has held up. So they've got three big colts there. Grand Glory, who ran so well in it last year and so well in the arc, and she probably can't possibly win, but she's I love that horse so much because she's... She travels the world and she tries her guts out everywhere she goes, Grand Glory. So she's part of the international competition. But Ernesto, Simcamil and Tunes, who is a decent candidate for Dunno if we weren't heading west in a moment. Mm. Tunes, who's won three races this season from as many starts, brother to, to Quota Tasso, the arc winner. He's won them by 24 lengths all up, including a 10-length Group 1 win. Is there a monsoon coming? It was on heavy ground, and this becomes his, his concern, and as most would know, the Grosso Priest von Bayern has had seven follow-up in the Japan Cup for donuts, mm. and they've beaten 54.6% fewer horses home in the Japan Cup. Obviously having, you know, the only way was down because they obviously go to the Japan Cup having one run really well in Munich. Equitos twice, Quignol, Ivanhoe and Ito have all gone across off that and the median change in their rating has been minus 7, on average minus 10. So you can put a big rating on Tunez from, from last start. Yeah, how confident are you in that rating? Well, it must be. It's hard to, to pin down. So the, the sort of confidence interval, if you like, around that rating is pretty big, like wide, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so low confidence, I suppose. But he did beat... A last start group winner, Siskani, had run third, who had beaten without a fight, who we know from the Melbourne Cup start before that. And Siskani is not a group winner, but has form that says he's as good as several who are. 
I mean, show me a better German handicapper out there than you. I am the best German handicapper in the world, without doubt. Without doubt. But I must admit to having a fair bit of doubt <laughs> around Tunez and, and where he fits in. He's a general's 20 to 1 shot in early markets. A few places shorter than that, but I, I think he's 20s and in Japan they'll bet bigger, surely, because they won't be... There'll be no respect. I don't think so. I don't think German so. German mud form. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Some of those horses have gone like gone around at big odds. Ivanhoe did run well. And Tunez was at least as good winning there. But the task looks difficult. If I put him, the three European Colts, if I put them into the old Monte Carlo system, it's sort of Ernesto wins half, Tunez a third, and, and the rest for Sim Camille. But they're a good little three, three-way punch. Ernesto's a ripper. Mm. Terrific horse <coughs> coming off the arc. And, and I would say on pure form, I think he probably doesn't look a bad bet. At sort of 12 to 1, I think, in, in places. And again, it'll be interesting to see what the betting thinks of him come... Come Sunday, he did win the Grand Prix de Paris in... He was running really fast sectionals. He ran right over the top of Sim Camille and El Bodegon. So he okay. put space yeah. between himself and El Bodegon. He's a much better horse than him. Or at least he was then. And let's be honest, he still is. Yep. And they were... It was a hot and dry summer in France and Longchamp was running hot. So they were running fast time. So I don't think the ground is a concern or potentially quick ground in Japan is a concern. And we've had rain there the last... Two group ones anyway, so um, I'm not I'm not thinking it's going to be too quick. I certainly wouldn't be worried about Ernesto on quick ground. In fact, I think it might be part of his appeal. But it has been a long season, I suppose. That might be the, the negative, and travelling is, is never easy. So the ARC has also had a, a poor record. Well, not a poor record, but it, it's not fired in the Japan Cup in, in recent years. And that includes horses from Japan coming back from the ARC. A couple like Ferve ran second in both. Just Away was down the track in the ARC and ran second in Japan Cup, I think. But for the most part, in the last 10, 15 years, they've Sol- bombed in Solemia both. Solemia and Daydream were disappointing in Japan and a couple of others. So it, it's not easy, yeah. I suppose, what I'm saying. Well, people talk about having to run two peaks. You're running in the two hardest races in the world. It's hard to perform in both. Yeah, that's right. And the locals are targeted at it. And Sharia has that look about him. Sharia has a great, I sort of was a bit dismissive because Dan on Beluga ran straight past him last time in the Tenno show, which is obviously a wonderful lead up to this and his sectionals were, were fantastic and it was sort of let's get on Dan on Beluga looks lovely for it but Sharia's profile is is fantastic these derby winners a year later what a weird thing they don't they can't do the double in the same year but Contrail, Vodka, Deep Impact, Epiphania have all come back the year after as derby winners and won the Japan Cup and there's a couple others that were beaten in the derby and came back as four-year-olds to win the Japan Cup as well Suave Richard I think and a couple of others um, it doesn't really make Shariar faster, but it's an interesting little... He fits the mould, and he was terrific winning the Shima Classic earlier in the season with a stack of good horses behind him, including Piledriver and Hookham, who won the two group ones in Europe over the summer... In England, sorry, over the summer. So that form is... It's good form. So who is your lean? Or who are you backing? Whose favourite is not obvious from the early markets that are out there. Some places have got Shariar... Nice and short. General 5-2, to two, Dan on Beluga. I think that's probably leaning... I'm probably more interested in that. I'm more interested in the horse that ran really fast last time than the one who fits a historical trend. Yep. Even though Shariar is not a... He's not a bad data horse or a ratings horse. In fact, he's, we've just thrown him up as the highest rated horse going into the weekend. But I think Dan on Beluga is the one that looks like he might have something more. He was awesome the other day. But we mentioned that Tunez might be the Dano in another week. Well, Vila Azul 
would be the Bizarro. So he's high up in the betting against that big two. And single figures, a lot of places have him off winning the Kyoto Daishoten. Kitasan Black and Cheval Grand have used that in recent years to to springboard and, and win the Japan Cup. But horses off that race, if we take 22 that have done that in the last 10 years, have beaten far fewer horses home in the Japan Cup. So you need to be a good one. Like those ones are a bit special. Yeah, Cheval Grand maybe not. So Villa Azul looks a bit strangely priced up to me. I, I wouldn't have had him. I would have had him back with the rest in the sort of chasing pack. To answer your question anyway, Dan and Beluga is my idea of a tip and I will be very tempted by Ernesto. I can see Ernesto's a classic. He could run last. He could run first. So last week you gave us an absolute tour de force of the West. <laughs> yeah. But you're only as good as your last winner. So uh, exactly. let's go to Perth. Have you got, we'll start with what you don't know. The Dunno. Bit of a chicken's way out this week. The Dunno for me. Perfect. But it is the winner bottom. The race. The whole race itself is a Dunno. Because I can work from top to bottom market order. And I think they're all Dunno's. Do it. We got time. We got nothing but time. Everyone's already switched off. <laughs> I think they switched off about halfway through my uh, Japan rambling. Opening spiel, yeah. <laughs> so Rothfire. Comes up favourite. He's the better drawn of the main market contenders. But he's flaky to me. Rothfire is flaky. Estenopolis. Scathing review for a lovable, hard-toiling Queenslander. Bulldog. I don't think flaky is the right word. He's not coming off a series of wins. Yeah. So I know... He finishes close up in the Daly Classic and that rating looks good. But, I mean, that I think that all that form is no good. Yeah, I don't know about no good. I know what you mean. It was I mean, we're talking about inconclusive w- finish. He'd run better than that several times. He's got a third in a red hot Stradbroke that's worked out okay. A that's safely beaten third. Yeah, yeah, he ran very well there, and that form. There's been plenty of good horses from behind him, winning good races. It doesn't quicken him up because they've gone on. No, to I'm better. saying he ran. He ran quickly there. He ran very quickly there. In fact, he paid for going a little bit too quickly. In fact. <laughs> And then one first up, I thought he was brave in the Manicato in a tough spot for him, the way it all panned out. Again, doing plenty of work. The only horse that's come off the classic to win in Perth and win the winter bottom has been Buffering, who is... He's no Buffering. ...trained by Robert Heathcote, the only trainer who knows how to do it. That is the only similarity between the pair. Well, they're both group one winning fast, likeable sprinters. Oh, Buffering's just turning over. You're kidding, aren't no, you? No, no, for talent. He is no for, Buffering. No, of course not for talent, but he doesn't need to be. Buffering only fell in over there. Mm. It's not easy to win the winner bottom. No, no. Anyway, he's favourite and I understand why, but it's not one that I want to charge into. I suppose, so betting makes it sort of 60-40. Rothfire over Paul Laley, it was 50-50 last time. And both admittedly out of the market, so not a lot in that, but... And it had been heavily Paul Laley in the Manicato between the two of them. So are you saying why the big difference? Well, the big difference, the barriers. Yeah, it makes it a lot harder for Paul from out there. Does it? Because I've looked at the stats from the 1200 there. Where I looked at them and you saw me looking at them. And oh. I, was, I will make the case for you that wide barriers have not proven a hindrance in the general. Mm. But I depending re- on settling position though. You're him- saying he'll snag. And go a long way back and give himself no chance. Yep. Does Ben Mellon listen to this? I hope not. <laughs> 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 he 
No, I think barriers only matter if they dictate where you settle, and I think it will for Polelli, whereas Valana drawn wide, I don't think matters because it'll roll forward. So that's interesting that you say that because I, Polelli has just as much of a record of going forward as Valana. And he's a fu- is he not a, a speedier horse, Paul Lely? Paul Lely's been more – didn't Valana – wasn't he – he, he was miles back in the Golden Eagle because he drew wide. And then he was 1-1. One, one yeah, and then they rode him properly and he won, yeah. I would have thought that they would both be fairly positive. No? I don't know. That is a dunno. That's why it's a dunno. Oh, yeah, of course. This is the dunno race. But I would have thought that they would be pretty keen to be to be positive with those horses because they surely turn up there under the impression that they're, you know, they're looking to muscle in, right? They, they want to flex. They think they're bigger, badder, meaner than the locals, don't they? Mm-hmm. So they want to get up there and show him. The tricky thing with Polelli, you're talking about how he generally goes forward. He's never actually drawn a bad gate, really, until the weekend. He did draw a bad gate in the Galaxy one time and got given no chance. Mm. Yeah, But I don't think they're going to go all the way across to Perth and give him no chance. Well, I don't think they That's plan. a long flight for no yeah. reason. They don't draw the barriers before they leave. Mm. But they don't, you don't just give up now. It'll be interesting. That's for sure, what they do with him early. Well, there's an early... Pendrith watch. It is. I put think the, yeah. put the Pendrith watch on him. Pendrith contender. Valana brings the best last start rating into the race, but is he a twelve hundred meter horse? Big question. Dunno. Big question. It's only a hundred meters. But he looks a he looks a real gold rush type to me. I know from from day one I thought, gee, there's a gold rush horse. They're hoping he goes that way, that's for sure. So he is of interest. I say he's more likely to roll forward than Polelli. Elite Street, by my measure, was good first up, but at the same time, I don't know. And that rounds out your main four chances. Do you give the astrologist much hope? He comes out of the same race. Yeah, he was in the, the bunch finish there. He was pretty good behind Paul Laley earlier in the campaign. As a general rule, he's a likeable on-pacer who's, if I look at it and I look at the history of the winter bottom, I sort of see him and I think you're probably a slightly softer version of takedown or voodoo lad. Yeah, he'd, he'd, they probably think he's takedown. Why not? Well, I tell you why not, because there's four at the top who are probably a little bit better than him. But at the same time, he mixed it in there with ahead of Rothfire and Paul Ailey last time, so they're entitled to, to think they're a chance. I tend to think he seems well enough found because he's less likely to produce something different to that year than, than those two. They have bigger peaks. Going back to Paul Lely, the interesting thing with him, which you did raise to me earlier in the week, is his one win this time in, which is the one rating you're hanging on, him winning this race. He beat Ingratiating, who then went and Valana thumped him. Away from that one win at Caulfield, he's been pretty plain Jane, Paul Lely. Yeah, sort of with excuses, I think, although maybe less so last time. That was, But then that race is not a race you want to be hanging a lot of, you don't want to be hanging on to that. A lot, I don't think. Which probably adds to the Dunno factor because you've got two key runners coming off a race that is information that you're not particularly interested in. Well, I'm putting words in your mouth, but I wouldn't be particularly interested in. Mm. Yeah, you need to lean back a little bit with him. But if you get back to that Marzu placed in a t- you know, placed in a TJ Marzu or Patchy Chase, that's that's right. That's right there. And then Miss Kentucky, the one I was hoping would draw a gate, she hasn't, so she probably doesn't have much hope either because that will just go back and could be very similar to last start where she will run the best sectionals of the race and not win. Yeah, you can't bet on that. 
Wish we could. Imagine <laughs> betting on the Penrith before the Saturday. One day. One day. All in all, a complete dunno for me. Tricky, trappy race. Tricky, trappy race. Of the four, I'd say Valana is the least likely to blow up. Like, I think he he's more solid of the four. Well, it's been harsh on Elite Street, actually. Yeah, it seems a bit harsh. The It seems a little bit mean to Rothfire, too. No, I've never. he's never been one of mine. The thriller from Chinchilla. Never been one of mine. I mean, not since, you know, he broke down. Did you factor in the strong stats of horses from Newcastle to Wascott? Well, this is what I was hoping you'd bring to the table. <laughs> they have beaten 12% more horses home at Ascot, having run at Newcastle to start prior, with an impact value of 1.2, which is like a controlled strike rate. So they're winning more than this year. One from nine yeah, this yeah. century. Yeah. Who's the one? The one was Shackleton, who won a maiden in 2017 at 5-2 to two and improved his rating eight pounds. If Villana does that, <laughs> if Villana can take the Shackleton step... Game over. Game over. And I know what everyone is thinking. Everyone is thinking, yeah, well, that's all well and good, Newcastle to Ascot here. But how does that compare to Newcastle to Ascot in England? Unfavourably. And surprisingly, horses going from Newcastle in England to Ascot, big track, you know, Ascot's yeah. home of the good racing, right? It is. Have a surprisingly good record. Impact value, they're 1.64. So you might not make your money with Valana, but there might be a little angle there backing horses from the Newcastle or weather onto Ascot. Something in that. Something in that. <laughs> Answering the questions everyone wants answered on this podcast. Gundam ahead have had to have a bet. I'm actually, I'm probably backing Elite Street. His sectionals are really good first up, and he looks to get the right run. I'm happy to be against Rothfire. And Valana and Palelli are maybe in a bit of trouble from those wide draws. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I don't really know. Yeah. Tell us one you do know something about. The Bizarro. Indeed. Comes up in the first. Dion Luciani trained Rev It Up, who ran behind my Bella May last start. Bizarrely comes up favourite in this race. So for a three-year-old filly, my Bella May is given a chance in the winter bottom. By you? No, by the market. I don't think she can win the winner bottom. It's just being lazy, having Revit up favourite in this race. Pike goes on. I like it. A savage attack to the odds makers. It is. It's lazy. Of course, we want them to be lazy. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's not. She opened 370. She's into 270. But whether or not that's just a few of the corps matching each other. My Bella May is $14 in the winner bottom. She's got that form. But it's very different. So she's led up my Bella May in that race. And my Bella May's gunned down running really slick sectionals and now she takes on the older horses and as a filly with 54 she's giving weight away to better performed horses and higher rated horses and she looks extremely poorly off at the weights river rubicon and featherweight look much better placed than her in the race and Bit of trouble from that draw. I think she'll probably be forced to do a bit of work. But she's got the main man. She's got the whiz. She does. The out of sorts whiz, although it looks like he, a rare good ride from Pike last time on her. Yeah, got it. <laughs> the one he got right and she got beat. But I think all eyes will be on her from the deep. She might be able to cross easily, but I think they'll still be too good for her. So a bit of form on the fly here. As I, I mean, I'm taking it all in, don't get me wrong, but I'm just having a quick flick through. And I see... A familiar name can't be done. And I see the makings of a good training performance, Peter Fernie getting him back to the glory days of can't be done. And now, big positive switch, Lakdar 
goes on. Lucky Lactar goes on. He's another horse that has better last start ratings than Rev It Up at the weights. Mm, I'm seeing that. I'm seeing a uh, a return to form. He was, I would say he was fairly useful, if not a bit better than that, at his best in Melbourne with Danny O. So the, the switch is going both ways now. Perth horses go to Danny O and drop. They leave Danny O, go to Perth and rise. It's not, it's not looking good for Danny O at the moment. Very few uh, positives. River Rubicon, nice off trial at Albany behind stablemate Red Cam Man. Got beat 11 lengths in that trial but wasn't asked to do much at all. He's two from three first up. Shooters on from that draw. Gets every chance. I would much rather back it at the price. I marked it favourite. I think inside two to one rev it up is madness. Interesting to see if she does hold sway come Saturday. But for us here at Racing and Sports, no way. It is bizarre. As I said, you did it last week. You went above and beyond. Have you got at least give give the one more, one more the run through? Well, don't do the run through because I, I can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is a the good thing of the day is in the last above the peg. They bet three forty upwards of three eighty. I've marked it odds on, so it's already trimmed up a little bit Thursday afternoon, but. Was a really good winner last weekend, getting to the mile, uh, gunning down try for us. He was very game, but on the inside, but rates well clear off that performance. I and had one to ask you about, actually. I forgot. Yeah, let me continue my... Uh, no, I'm cutting you off. <laughs> I'm steering you where I want you. <laughs> Pure devotion was... Mm. The ride last start was slated by several people. Well, you. Yep. He won, he being William Pike, won... What should have been double points, Pendrith. For body of work. For that absolute horror show, not just on Pure Devotion, but others. But Mm. Pure Devotion was singled out as the worst of them. Yep. So she must have more to offer. One of the worst Pendriths we've ever seen, Pikey, last start on Pure Devotion. The problem is we're not the only ones with a stopwatch and she is 5-4 to favourite in race 7. Barrier 8, surely, surely she lands midfield and not last. And I will be surprised if she doesn't round them up. Well, I'm not worried about position. I'm worried about pace. And he couldn't get it worse, could he? No. <laughs> I think he started getting in the zone last weekend, Pikey. He's back. Getting a feel for it. Getting a feel for it. And I think she will be too good for them. She looks extremely well placed. Well, he'll have weights. a point to prove here as well, having been dusted in the first on the favourite. <laughs> yeah, he will. But I think Pure Devotion, one of the more likely winners on the card. Race 7, number 14. Adam cut me off talking Sorry. about above the peg in the last, but... No, I thought you'd already... We'd pegged. Did we peg? I was still going. I thought I was rolling. Anyway, if it runs up to what I did last weekend, it wins. So it'll. I've marked it odds on. I think you can still get around two to one Thursday evening. You obviously had a good look at the Guineas last weekend. A few runners come out of it. Santorio and all the Kings men, they're in third and fourth. They line up in the Sir Ernest Lestia Classic. The sixth event on the card... That guinea's form should leave them very, very hard to beat in that race. Yeah, although I wouldn't be letting them tow along with the winner. The winner has nothing to do with this. She was in a different world to them, I would say, last week. I mean, she was... We we almost wanted to give old Sunday Carberry a Pendrith nomination for winning. She should have put panels on them, really. So, without knowing what, what they face. This is your job. Are they good chances here? Yeah, I think Santorio will just win. He wouldn't. I wouldn't be thinking he's those horses from behind her really have much chance of running 
to a particularly to a much higher level than they did last week. So I'd want the scenario to be that they have to match it and that matching it is enough. Yep, and it is. Okay. Yep. Well, then I have no objections. No objection. No, Santorio looks very hard to beat in this. I thought he's a big run in the guineas, wide throughout, and he was a bit of a markup, not as much as Amelia's jewel, but he was good through the line, and he beat Try for us two back. He finished behind all the King's men, but he gave him weight three starts back at 1,400, same course and distance. So meets him at levels on the weekend and the market has swung his way. He, he beat him last weekend. I think he'll beat him again. I think that's the race. I don't think the rest are up to those. So looks a decent card at Ascot on the weekend. Not as good as last week, but there's a few winners there. No, mm. oh, the winter bottom is a fascinating contest on and off the track. I think if, if you're very confident in the winter bottom, you're far too good for me because I found that race, as we mentioned, it's the Dunno. So credit to those who were keen in that race because I found it very, very tricky. Hat tip to them. Now, you're not getting away without giving us your best bet. Well, I've just learnt braking. Do we have a – we don't have a braking button. We don't. Without a fight is out of the Zipping Classic. Which is your BB, OTD. best bet. But, you know, I had an each way who I'm happy enough to st- – the great Craig Newitt is riding it as well, so I'm, you know, I'm happy enough to stump up behind we him. We spoke about this. <laughs> Poland. Uh, I get it, yeah. Okay. Hey, but Froggy, what he, are you doing? He hit the crossbar a few times at Flemington, but he's ready. Rode a 50-1 to 1 winner at Sandown. Good ride too. And he's licensed to go here, surely, and try the same stunt as last time. So I'll get your uh, a view on Norwegian Wood. Is it Norwegian Wood or am I just getting the Beatles in my head here? Nah, Norwegian Bliss. Bliss. She's come up very short. Yeah. For a horse that's been very, very, very well placed by Nathan Doyle, she has not beat a good horse. She has not raced a good horse. She's not raced a fast one. And she's not run fast time by my looking. No, she hasn't. What she has done is won. She's won and she's got herself out of a few sticky situations. Her win at Hawkesbury before a break was... Only one by length, but no horse did what she did that day down the outside. But again, she beat a steero. She beat munitions first up. Yeah, so you'd wanted to be running fast, and she hasn't really. Yeah, the whole like she's bringing Sydney form. She's bringing the worst Sydney form to Melbourne. She's unbeaten. I'm assuming she'd have a legion of fans because she's never really started short. Mm. She's it- been a decent price. She's going to be. <laughs> she's shorter now in this race than what she would have been to beat munitions at the death, which to me is insane. She surely doesn't start inside two to one. I certainly didn't have her there because I, yeah, I think she has to do something altogether different. It's interesting placement to go all the way down the highway to find a weight for age race and be poorly positioned really. Mm. Um, but as you said, they've done a fantastic job so far, so maybe they can keep the ball rolling, but they'll do it without me Yep. because Poland, for all that he hasn't won for a long time, has run a ripper last start at Flemington. And as a general, he's run sure intermittently, but he has run several good races. And races that are ahead of where Norwegian Bliss, so I was going to go Norwegian Wood again, has been so far. And I'm thinking goes forward and makes makes the running again. He paid the price. He went nice and hard. He did plenty of running early at Flemington. Old Flame had, you wouldn't believe it, James McDonald gave him perfect run. <laughs> and... Did a good, you know, did a good job of him, Old Flame. But Old Flame's run a cracker in the gong. Wild Planets come out from behind him, run a cracker in the gong, and Ironclad came out and ran really well in a fast Cranbourne Cup. So the form has held up really well. 
Sinawan actually wasn't terrible in a champion's mile off the same race. So that form looks fantastic. And as I said, he paid the price, I think, for doing plenty of running early and made Old Flame come out and get him. Old Flame placed in a gong, tell me that's a fair way ahead of Norwegian Bliss in Sydney. Uh, so I'm happy to back Poland at comfortably $8 if you shop well nine around the place. And there's only eight in it, so it's an absolute each-way burgle mm. if you shop well and, and get the right price. So I thought that was a pretty good bet without without a fight, which is a great shame, no without a fight, because he was um, five to two and I think he was going to win by a space. They always seem to happen when you <laughs> got him winning by a furlong. Now, she's very interesting, Norwegian Bliss. Blake Shin, inside draw. But two of her three last wins in Sydney have all been at Hawkesbury. And you know where I put Hawkesbury for? They should have gone to the Valley, shouldn't they? Straight in the bin. Yeah. Hawkesbury <laughs> to the Valley. <laughs> They've missed one there. Did you see red card last Friday night? I missed red card. Straight off Hawkesbury, 1,000 metre form, 955 around the Valley. They never saw it. Another winner, Hawkesbury to the Valley. Can't lose. The strongest positive form reference in Australian racing. That wraps us up for this week. We'll be back with the review show on Monday. Hope everyone has a lovely weekend. Yeah, I think I do too.